Diagnosed with dementia while still in her 40s, Amanda Quinn wants others to know that they have a voice. My name's Gareth Bracken, and I spoke to a woman calling for more understanding. Usually, our Alzheimer's Society podcasts feature conversations that have taken place face-to-face with a person living with dementia. However, with our latest interviewee, Amanda Quinn, the impact of the coronavirus pandemic meant that our two discussions had to take place by video call. Amanda lives in Rhonda Cunantarth in South Wales and was diagnosed with young onset Alzheimer's disease in early 2018, age 49. My most recent chat with Amanda, which we'll come to later, was in late July, but we first spoke in late April. At the time of that conversation, Amanda hadn't left home for weeks because of the virus, a situation which, understandably, she was finding very difficult. We're speaking now in late April. The country is effectively in lockdown with social distancing and isolation measures in place due to the coronavirus pandemic. Um, how How have these last few weeks been for you, Amanda? Um, kind of strange, um, not being able to see um, family and friends, not seeing the people I used to see, and I miss them, and I'm not seeing my two older boys. I get up, and I just, I don't know what I'm meant to do, there's no... There's no structure. You know, uh, my daughter says to me, come on, you need to go and have a shower and get dressed. And she's the one that says to me, you know, what what would you like to do today? And, you know, but then it's, I look at her and I think I haven't got a clue. I kind of try to switch off. I do a lot of... Um, adult colouring mindfulness mm. sort of like um in a book to try and switch off from what's going on around me because I don't have a spleen as well. Um it's I'm more susceptible. It's daunting as to what's gonna happen. So you are not leaving the house at all? No, I'm diabetic. I've got no spleen. So I have a very, very low immune system. So I can't leave the house. I've lo- I don't know what day it is. I don't know the dates. I'm just, I've lost track of everything. Because you're, you're, you're locked in, so to speak, mm. the thought of going out, now once this lockdown's lifted it's kind of frightening it's quite frightening the thought of going back out there and Mm. trying to get on with life the best you can amanda is receiving regular calls from friends family and outside society to check on her well-being she would usually attend monthly meetings of memoria a theatrical group of people with dementia and carers facilitated by the charity relive as it isn't possible right now, the group is keeping in touch through weekly video calls instead. Meanwhile, Amanda is finding some coverage of the virus to be particularly unhelpful. I think the way the media and social media are going on about it is beginning to make people paranoid about what's going to happen. 
And I think they need to start focusing on something more positive that's going to come out of all of this because something positive has to come out of this. Amanda is from the Scottish town of Helensburgh, about 30 miles northeast of Glasgow. She moved to Wales with her four children around 17 years ago to escape a violent marriage. She married her second husband, Steve, a long-distance lorry driver, four years ago, and they live with her son George and daughter Bethany. Amanda previously worked as a nursery nurse and a chef. Amanda, who's now 51, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in early 2018, age 49. Her son has Asperger's, and it was his social worker who first noticed that something wasn't right. And she kept saying to me, you really need to go and see the doctor. Why? I said, I'm fine, there's nothing wrong with me. No, trust me, she said, you need to see the doctor. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and that was all I said. And I thought, I'm not bothering the doctor, there's nothing wrong with me. Amanda did eventually see her GP about an ear problem. I went to the doctor's uh, with my daughter. And I sat in the doctor's room and the doc- she said to me, what can I help do, do for you? What, how can I help you? And I just looked at her and I went, I don't know. Mm. And she looked at me and she said, pardon? I went, I don't know why I'm here. Mm. And she looked at my daughter and my daughter said, she's got a bad ear. Mm. That's it. I said, I got a headache. Mm. Um, so she dealt with that and then she started asking me questions and I just looked at her dumbfounded not realizing what she was on about Mm. so she asked Bethany some questions and she said I think I'm going to arrange somebody to come out and see you at home Mm. to do a few memory tests Mm. okay whatever I thought waste of time but yeah memory tests along with scans and blood tests led to a diagnosis of dementia which the consultant said that Amanda could have had for a few years. And I just looked at him, I looked at my husband, and the first thing I said to my husband is, please don't leave me. He said, I'm not going anywhere, because at that time we'd only been married um, nearly two years. The medical consultation then went from bad to worse. He went to the reception, he photocopied the prescription, gave me the prescription, and he continued my consultation in a full waiting room and everybody was listening and I felt so belittled and the fact that everybody knew in that waiting room and they were all a lot older than me everybody knew before my own family that I had been given this diagnosis And I walked out of the doors and we got into the car and I just burst out crying because, one, I felt humiliated because of the way he ended the consultation. And two, I'd just been given this death sentence that is not going to go away. So, to recap... Amanda Quinn, who is 51 and lives in South Wales, was diagnosed with young onset Alzheimer's disease in early 2018, age 49. Amanda, who is originally from Scotland, hadn't thought there was anything wrong, but was diagnosed following memory tests, blood tests and scans. 
Amanda doesn't have a spleen and has been staying inside to protect herself from the coronavirus pandemic. She is missing her friends and family and finds the thought of going back outside quite frightening, even once lockdown is lifted. Amanda's lifestyle and personality have changed as a result of her dementia. Having previously been very house-proud, she now struggles to remember what she's meant to be doing, or how to cook, while her sense of humour has also been affected. Amanda also has incontinence, a topic that she feels deserves greater discussion. It's quite a big issue for me. Um, it's, I can't leave the house without um, a changing bag then, if you want to call it that. Um, with wipes and clean clothing and the likes of. But the issue I have is when you go to public toilets, the disabled toilets are not always accessible. The floor's usually wet. The taps don't work. So you're stuck. And if there's no disabled facility that you can use, you have to go to normal toilets. But where's the sink? It's outside of the cubicle. And if you have an accident, how are you meant to clean yourself up and change? You can't stand in the middle of the, the bathroom area because people coming in and out. And they're not going to be impressed if they've brought children in. But you're standing there cleaning yourself up, trying to change. So that's something that I would like to try and see if we can make changes with. Because I think it's important. It's such a taboo subject. I was one of the ignorant ones that thought dementia only happened to old folk. And when it happened to me, again, I was ignorant, thinking it was just memory loss. But it's not. It's so much more. And people need to be made aware of what challenges can come with dementia. And unfortunately, incontinence is one of them. Okay, it doesn't affect everybody. But the few that it does, people need to be made aware. And we need to try and find a way, a positive way, to move forward in this. As she considers how her dementia might progress, Amanda is more concerned with her children's future than her own. The fact of looking at my children's faces and I can see the concern on their faces, I panic and I worry what's going to happen to them when that day comes. I'm fortunate enough to know, I suppose this is the only way I can look at it, when that day comes, I'm not going to know. I'm going to be none the wiser. But it worries me as to how it's going to affect my children. No, I say I don't want to go into a care home, but that's not fair on them. They still have their lives to lead. 
Amanda's husband Steve is often away working for long periods and phones home several times a day. Her older boys would visit under normal circumstances, but daughter Bethany is her main carer and does things like cooking, bill paying and, at the moment, all of the shopping. She wants to go to university to be a midwife. But at the moment, she's kind of put that on a back burner so that she can be there for me. She um, prompts me to do things. She takes me to places I need to go, appointments and meetings and things like that. She also is trying to get um, awareness for younger carers which I think is brilliant. Amanda credits her friends, family and Alzheimer's Society with picking her up if she's feeling down. She has developed good relationships with several of the society's staff. They're always there to give me that bit of help and support which sometimes you might need. They're there to give you practical advice and emotional support. If anything's worrying you, if they don't know, They will go away, find out and come back to you and they will send you the information, you know, that they can find out. But they'll also talk to you about it over the phone and reassure you again. Amanda takes part in one of our Focus on Dementia network groups where people affected by dementia share their experiences to influence the work of the society and other organisations. She also speaks at conferences and has shared her story through the society and national media. So why does she choose to be so open about her experiences? Because people need to realise it could happen to them. It's not an old person's disease. They need to realise that you don't suffer with dementia, you live with it. You still have a voice to be heard. You still have rights, you still have hopes and dreams, and you should be allowed to have them hopes and dreams. You're still that person that brought them up as children or befriended them. You haven't changed as such. Things have changed you, but you haven't changed. You find a way to live with what you're going through Um, and people need to realise that life is hard enough for everybody but those with early onset dementia or any dementia life is that bit tougher for them. The way I was treated when I had my diagnosis I think was appalling. I was sent away with a prescription and nobody contacted me then for nearly six months. And I thought, this can't go on. This has to change. And I, I kicked up such a fuss. Now, when you get your diagnosis now, you come out from seeing the doctor You then go in and see a member of the memory, I forgot what it's called, the memory team. Yeah. They give you information now and contact numbers for the Alzheimer's. 
so that you have that which is what is needed you know a bit of compassion a bit of understanding a little bit of explaining of what what it is that's wrong with you just helps that little bit more i next spoke to amanda in late july around 12 weeks after our first conversation to find out how she'd been getting on more recently i have gone out once or twice Mm. but saying that um the thought of going out sent me into panic attacks Mm. um on some occasions i couldn't actually leave the house because it got too much for me um i'd only been to see family and friends um and that was it but the thought of going out into the shops it just sent me panicking so that was even you hadn't actually gone to the shops just simply the thought of it the thought of it we were i was meant to go out I think it was last week or the week before to buy a new kettle mm. and I just had such a panic attack mm. and the thought of going out, it got too much for me. I was just mm. too afraid. How has it been then going to friends and family? Has that been more manageable for you? Uh, it was a struggle at first, but it's, it is getting easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all the media, um, social media, Mm. uh, has confused everybody, you know, Mm. you just don't know what's right to do and what's not right. In England, you have to wear face coverings in shops and everywhere else. That's not brought in as of yet here in Wales. So it's like, do I wear a mask or do I not? And then when I have my mask on, after a while, I'm having a panic attack because it's it's kind of claustrophobic, if you can understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're not getting any fresh air as such. You're breathing in basically what you're breathing out into the mask. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is this safe? Should I be doing this? Mm. You know, it's, it's just so hard to know what to do and how to go about it. They need to put one thing into place right throughout the whole of the UK, explain in one detail that everyone can understand and leave it at that. Mm. Instead of confusing everybody with the things that they're saying. Because one minute it's you need face coverings, the next minute you don't. And it's like, who do you listen to? And I remember last time we also spoke and you were getting support from family and particularly your daughter Bethany in the house and you're also doing things like 
adult colouring and that sort of thing to pass the time. Um, yeah. Has it got any easier? Has day-to-day -day life got any easier in the house or is it, is it coming along and you weren't particularly enjoying it? It's, it's just the same. It's become mundane mm. and tiring. Uh, the thought, you know, the fact that you're just sitting there doing the same sort of thing day in, day out, it becomes extremely tiring. And I've found that I'm becoming confused a lot more, uh, struggling. Um, to make sentences mm. uh, and just struggling to make sense of day-to-day -day things mm. you know what to do where do you start mm. you know um like this morning i said to bethany i don't know what i'm supposed to do where am i meant to start mm. and she said well what do you mean but i just couldn't explain what i meant and is that sort of thing, has that become more of a struggle for you, you think, since the lockdown Definite, situation? Definitely. Mm. Definitely. Mm. Because there's no, or there hasn't been any outlook mm. or, or anything to set your mind to, to, to know that's coming up and... You know, and then, whereas now, everybody's gone on about a second wave. And you just don't know what to do for best. Mm. Do you have any, think about what you could do or what you might do. Do you have any plans in place for gradually going out more or changing your approach at all? Do you have any plans of that nature for the coming weeks? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, um, like next week I'm going to the hairdressers at long last. Um, so that that is next week. And basically just trying to get uh, back to some kind of um, normality, I suppose, mm. if that's what you call it. And how do you feel about that? potential return to uh, normal life? Anxious and concerned mm. because although it's all in my local area um, am I going to know where I am after being inside the house for such a long time it's going to be very very daunting you know, to finally get some sort of normality back. Mm -hmm. Have you been getting the, receiving the same support from Alzheimer's Society, the phone calls? And yes, yeah, I'm still having the support from them. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing uh, the focus on dementia um, over the phone and doing um, online questionnaires mm. and reviews so that's kept me going that little bit to know you know 
to some sort of normality. So I just think that government and media need to get together and make things less complicated and more one-sided and everybody saying the same thing and sticking to it because you hear one person saying this and someone else saying that and the news saying this and then Facebook saying that and it's like who do you listen to you know life is confusing enough for people with Alzheimer's this isn't making it any easier Next steps. Please give what you can to help support people living with dementia at this difficult time. Visit alzheimers.org.uk forward slash give or call 0330-333-0804. For coronavirus advice and support for people affected by dementia, visit alzheimers.org.uk forward slash coronavirus. Visit alzheimers.org.uk forward slash share to tell us about your experiences of dementia. This was a podcast version of the article called You're Not Alone in the June-July 2020 issue of Dementia Together, Alzheimer's Society's magazine. Written and recorded by Gareth Bracken, produced by Chris Hosker. For more magazine podcasts and links to other Alzheimer's Society podcasts, see alzheimers.org.uk forward slash podcast. As well as print copies, we also offer an audio version of the full magazine. To receive the print magazine or the CD, call 0330 333 0804.